Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer, a show where we discuss different styles of beer, its history, and its flavor profile. I'm Rob from the Internet. Let's talk about beer. All right, so joining me today is the man, the minister of keeping it real, and Internet's favorite dad, Brittle Star. So, uh, how you doing, Brittle Star? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. So uh, if you could, uh, for people who might not be familiar with you, and I don't know how that's possible, I don't know could, you tell us, uh, right, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, yeah. So my name's Stuart Reynolds, but I'm better known online as Brittle Star. And uh, for the past eight years or so, I've been doing, making social media videos. So started on Vine and uh, do stuff on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and clash and whoa, all that stuff uh so it's a weird job to have as a middle-aged to fully grown man but at the same time it's a, not a bad gig you know what i mean it's all right it keeps me in beer which is good right right i mean you know and, and it's so tell me tell me a little bit uh how did you get interested in craft beer i got interested in craft beer uh to be honest i mean I've always liked, like ages ago, like mm, trying to get a better grasp at the start of this story. Back in 92, I spent about a month in Austria. And I'm not Austrian. I have no Austrian background whatsoever, no German <laughs> background or anything. And uh, one of the things that fascinated me is that we would we lived, we were staying in this tiny village. And then you go to these other villages and they don't have like, you know, the, 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 the Gasthaus, like right, like roadside little taverns type of thing. And uh, you'd go to these little pubs and... Um, and you'd say, oh, I'll have a such and such beer. And they'd be like, yeah, we don't serve that beer here. We only serve this beer here. And it'd be like a regional craft beer. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And it kind of opened my eyes to the idea that, you know, you can have, as opposed to just having a, you know, big brewery beer, which I mean, some of them are fine. Um, you could have this sort of very localized, interesting, unique sort of artisanal approach to beer, which is really exciting to me and kind of fun. And that kind of got me interested into it. And, 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 and then uh, I think maybe about... But 15 years ago or so, uh, Stratford, Ontario, where I live, um, there was about three breweries that opened up and, uh, suddenly craft beer was just like everywhere in town. So everywhere you'd go somewhere, you'd be amazing craft beer. And now that, and now I'm just kind of into it. So I'm, I'm like, I like the idea of like, you know, I'm a fan of beer in general. And there's certainly like those days where it doesn't matter what kind of beer it is. If you just like, you know, if it's hot enough or if you're tired enough and you've worked hard enough, you just put it in your hands and it evaporates and it doesn't really matter what it is. And there's other days where it's like, uh, it's nice to kind of say, well, I like beer, but let's, what, what kind of interesting things can you do with it? What's the cool stuff you can do with it? And I've always been a fan of Guinness and and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, porters, ales, bitters, stouts, whatever. I don't care. I'll drink it. Beer's beer. <laughs> I, 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 I've said it. I've said it several several times, and a couple times during during my little interview sessions here. You know, I'm I'm continually amazed that you can take four basic ingredients and make so many different flavors out of it. I don't get and, it. And, 
you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's barley, basically water, yeast, you know, and, and, and hops it's, and there's, you would think there'd be a, a lot less combinations available out there, but there, man, there just seem to be so many different flavors and, it, and it's, it's absolutely it. fantastic. It's a real skill. I mean, to be a brewmaster is a real skill for sure. And I, I can't, uh, I mean, I'm like, I don't know if you have any, you know, if you've, if you've seen the movie Ratatouille, the kids movie Ratatouille uh, at all. Yes. But okay. So the, you know, the scene where, uh, uh, the, the main rat Remy is explaining to his brother about how flavors happen in his head. And there's like fireworks over his head and stuff. He's like, imagine this flavor and this flavor and this flavor. And he asks his brother to do the same thing. And his brother's this sort of like dopey looking chubby rat. And he's, uh, and he tries to imagine, but they keep fizzling out over his head. He can't quite grasp them. I feel like an affinity to that rat. I'm like for a number of reasons, but one of them in this particular case is the fact that I have a hard time imagining how to combine tastes and stuff. So when stuff happens and tastes good, it's like, oh man, I would have never thought of this. So it's always exciting. It's exciting to be me is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today we are going to be talking about porters. Um, I will be, I will be enjoying, uh, Oast House Pitchfork Porter and Stuart, you're going to be having a Mill Street Vanilla Porter? Mill Street Draft Style Vanilla Porter and uh, beer with natural vanilla extract from the great people at Mill Street. And uh, what's interesting about this beer is that I bought two cans of it and one had a gold top and the other had a silver top. I don't know what the secret meaning is between you know, you know behind that, but I'll find out. We'll see. Maybe you want maybe you want a trip to Willy Wonka's secret brewery. Who knows? <laughs> Millie, Millie's, <laughs> Millie Wonka's Mill Street Brewery. There you go. There you go. All right. So um, for people who might not uh, might not be aware, Porter is a style of beer that originated in London uh, in the early 18th century. It's uh, a well hopped and dark beer. Uh, it's it, owing owing its appearance to the type of malt that was used, which was typically brown malt. Uh, the the name originated from its popularity with the people who consumed it. So it was most popular with river and street porters because it was a cheap beer. Um, it, it, its popularity actually uh, is is a significant part of its history because it's one of the first beers to to be recognized to be being brewed globally as opposed to being just a regional beer like a lot of beers are regional and you could only find them in certain areas uh, by the end of the 1800s it was being brewed in the uk it was being brewed in north america sweden and russia so um and, and the cool thing is uh i just did a show uh a couple days ago uh, about stouts and stouts and porters are so intertwined in their history that a lot of people don't know that they're basically the same beer if you go back to their history so um you know stouts stouts uh came about because they used to have different strength levels for porters so there was you know there was extra porter and double porter and then there was stout porter and then it got to a point to where the stout porters were were uh being varied so much that they broke it off into its own thing and now the, you know they, they shortened name just down to stout um and like for example uh guinness extra stout actually used to be called extra superior porter but they right. changed the name in the 1800s huh so very cool yeah it's it's kind of cool and and uh contrary to popular belief um modern porters are actually a lot less uh, potent in terms of alcohol content than uh, than their predecessors. So Damn. early versions of the porters, 
early versions came in around six or seven percent on average. Um, but due to uh, taxation during the Napoleonic War, they actually uh, lowered the ABV because they were using more water and less uh, and and less grain, so it, it became a weaker beer. And it just it, you know until craft brewing came back into into fashion and, and, and started its rise, um, it stayed that way. So you know like now craft beers, um, you know you'll find porters that are go anywhere from four. To you know, if you go up into the imperial porters and stuff, which start becoming more like stouts, you get up to like seven, eight, nine percent. So it, it's kind of cool. Um, fun fact: I learned this while doing a little bit of research on porters. Temperature control and the hydrometer, which is the the device used to determine how much alcohol is in a beer, were actually uh, pioneered by the stout breweries in London. <laughs> wow! You really have done. Yeah, your research. it's kind of cool. It's very cool. Uh, well. Yeah, I tr- I try to do a bit of research, uh, just you know, just to have some facts for people because I want the show to be both fun and and you know and and yeah, educational, um, educational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give something back to the people for once. Yeah, well, I mean, I take enough. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I am going to pop open my beer. Okay, I'll let. Oh, fantastic! I'm going to try mine here. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's the sound it made. Well, it's like a milkshake coming out. All right. So my mine uh, is a nice, dark, caramely brown. It's got a decent head on it. Uh, it's got a nice malty aroma. Uh, so... Typically, typical, uh, mine is a typical English style porter. So it should have um, a little bit, little notes of coffee in there, some dark chocolate, um, have kind of an earthy and roasted nut flavor to it. Uh, the aroma, the, the aroma should be malt uh, forward. Shouldn't You shouldn't smell a lot of the hoppiness. Uh, the hoppiness uh, is, is really well balanced in a typical porter. And I can say that having had Oast House several times, it is, it is truly a traditional English-style porter. How about yours? Well, I have to be honest with you, Rob. About uh, seven years ago, I discovered I can't smell things very well. So <laughs> it smells like... It's- smells like the rest of the room it just smells like nothing i can't smell (laughs) i literally can't smell anything at all luckily i can still taste some stuff let's let's just i mean it looks great it looks like a a pint of guinness right let's get that sort of feel to it It, it, it's Um, got that nice dark gap with the the creamy head on top yeah let's 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 just like myself here we go (laughs) oh that's nice oh that's dangerous especially (laughs) i can taste the vanilla in that which is great have it's you got, never had this one before no i've never had the mill street vanilla porter before and it's quite good that's a bit dangerous because it is, it a is milkshakey. It's, it's it's super milkshakey it'd be like ah i can have like eight of these can i can i well maybe <laughs> uh, i mean who's gonna <laughs> you know who, who's who's there to stop you <laughs> pandemic rules um and that's really tasty that's very tasty i like it a lot it's funny though, so, I like, so, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you. Well, I was just going to say. Go ahead, man. Funny. <laughs> it's funny, what I was thinking about is that, you know, people kind of shy away from dark beers, right? Like sort of like the casual beer drinker kind of goes, oh, dark beers, dark beers. 
But they, I mean, they've never been, when I was 17, I was in Scotland and uh, went to a pub that used to belong to my great, great grandfather. And uh, it was after hours and the, I was taken there by a, a cousin's husband and we were picking up another bottle or whatever or something. And uh, yes, I was underage at the time, but you know, hey, it was the 80s, man. It was crazy. Um, and uh, <laughs> Who am I to judge? <laughs> exactly. Uh, 18 was the drinking age, so it was only a couple months off, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but uh, he, the bartender said to me, he goes, have you ever had a pint of Guinness before? And I said, no, I've, I've never. It seems too thick for me. And he said, no, no, try it. And he poured me a half pint. And he said, uh, after that ha first half pint, you'll love it. It'll be just like milk. And I was like, ah. and you take the first sip and you're like, ah, it's dark and it's feel it feels weird compared to regular beer. But sure enough, as soon as I was done, I was like, yeah, I will have another pint of that now, please. I'll take another one of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it serves you well. Like that kind of darkness serves you well. I can think of another Scottish story where uh, there's a pub called the Saracen's Head in Glasgow. And it's right across from the Barrowlands, which is like a big uh, open air market and a concert venue as well. And uh, it's like a really notoriously tough pub um, who had, who has, maybe not anymore, but did in 1999, um, or maybe even after that, actually, sometime in the 2000s when I was there last, has like a severed head in it. The pub's been around since 1710, uh, and the Saracen's <laughs> head is what's in it. And um, anyway, I remember going there with a friend because it features in this book called, in a movie called Trainspotting. And we're like, right, we got to go. And great I movie. Was, oh, a great movie. Terrifying, but a great movie. And uh, <laughs> walked into the pub with my friend who was coming over from Canada. I'd been living there for the year. And I was like, let's go in. He's like, what should we get? And I was like, we're both ordering pints of heavy. If we cannot go in there and ask for a lager, like we just can't do that because we will be stabbed <laughs> immediately. So, I mean, it's, it's, if you can, if once you have your first couple of drinks of a dark beer, it's like instant manhood. You're ready to, you can impress anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can take on the world. Exactly. <laughs> Stop yourself from being stabbed. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's no secret to anyone who knows me that porters and stouts are my favorite beers. Um, I just love the, 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 the heavy maltiness of them and, and, you know, in, in my opinion, if, if you can see through a beer, it's not really a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so like, do you I like to be like, able to hold. <laughs> yeah. Like stand, maybe even if you had to, you could stand on it. You know what I mean? That's what it looks like. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Like, no, and, and you're a fan of them. Like, do you just have like, when you go to get beer, like, do you just have stouts and porters and stuff like that? That's it. No, no, we've got all sorts. I drink all sorts of other beers, but right. uh, if, if if I'm given a, a lineup of beers and there's a stout or a porter in that lineup, yep, those will be the it. ones I go to first. Yep. Right. I mean, if you if you look behind me, you can see I've got a kegerator uh, off behind my left oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shoulder yeah. Yeah. With, with three three taps on it, two of which are stouts. <laughs> <laughs> the same stout, just in case, like a reserve? Or? Uh, no. Uh, so so I, I do a lot of brewing myself. Um, right. One of of them is an imperial one of them's an imperial stout and one of them's just a um as i call it a summer stout <laughs> amazing i like the idea of a summer stout because it's sort of like this feels like like a stout and a porter to me are like amazing winter beers like you sort of even like fall you get in like november and you're like oh yeah i could take one of these i could stand my big wool knit sweater and i could just stand there and look like i've just come in from the lighthouse and it's fantastic <laughs> but then you might want to enjoy it in the summertime but you're then standing outside in some sort of you know 
you know, fluffy, bright colored short sleeve shirt. You're like, ah, I think I'd like a summer stout. I don't, is it is the same color, exactly the same color or a different color? Um, the Imperial Stout's a little bit darker, but yeah, right. they're both, they're both, they're both, uh, basically black beers. Uh, the right. difference is the standard, the standard one comes in at just about 5%, whereas my yeah. Imperial comes in at 9%. So. Wow. Nice. You need less yeah. than those. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you need less of them unless you really want to get yourself wasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, the the Mill Street one, the Mill Street vanilla is a is a great one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's I, I've had I've had that one many times. Um, what's another one? Um, Beyond the Pale, uh, they're up near ottawa area okay they have one that's called they have one called gravity of winter which is really good amazing and then um one of my favorites uh, that we we tend to have uh in the house at all times is from collective arts it's called stranger than fiction right right yeah i saw yeah, that one and today. that that one's yeah that one's a great that's a great uh mm. porter as well so uh, and they they do variations on that. Like they had one. I don't know if it's still around or not, but they had one that was a coconut version of it, and it was absolutely right. fantastic. I don't know. Do you think like you? Maybe you'll know better than I will. But do you think that the appreciation for craft beer has like exponentially grown in the past ten years? You know, compared to I think back to like initially when craft beers came out, people were like, "Eh, it's not going to be great," or eh, it's, "This isn't going to be a good experience afterwards." Um, whereas now it's kind of like, well, no, I'd rather have a craft beer if I have a choice. Yeah. You, well, you know, there's, there's, there's two camps for that. Um, you've got your people that, that, uh, they are macro beer people. They want their Coors Light. They want their sure. Molson. They want their Budweiser and that's all they want. Yeah. And yeah. that's fine if that's all you want. Um, and then you've got the people like me, it was like, okay, yeah, this beer is okay, but there's gotta be something else out there. Right. Know? Right. And, yeah. And, and and that that's how I got into. It. I was like, okay, you know, I was drinking. Um, I'm, I'm originally from from uh, Illinois, so I was drinking right. things like the you know the, the Miller products, so mm-hmm. uh, Miller Light, Miller Genuine Draft, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, there's got to be better beers out there than this. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I, there are. I, I start and there are. Yeah, and I just I just started uh, and I started out by trying all sorts of stuff, and um, it got to a point to where I absolutely hated IPAs when there was that phase for IPAs where everybody yeah. was trying to out bitter and out hop each other. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It just drove, it drove me away from them. I mean, if I'm going to have an IPA, my favorite is still a traditional English IPA, which has got that right. strong malt backbone and, and a well-balanced bitter with it. Yeah. But, um, one of the thing one of the things I'm trying to accomplish with, uh, this series that I'm doing is, is to maybe, uh, to, to maybe reach those people that, uh, wouldn't ne- normally go for craft beer. The people that are like, "Oh, right. I'm I'm fine with my with my Bud Light, or I'm fine with with my Coors, or or what have you." Um, trying trying to, to to get them to realize that there are other things out there, and not all craft beer is going to be super heavy or super hoppy or or anything mm-hmm. like that. And so you know, it's it's just it's 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 fun. It's, <laughs> it's totally true. I mean, it's interesting because uh, you're you're right. I think that. There's like almost like a perfunctory role that beer has taken on for some people where it's like, I'm going to have a beer and it's going to be like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to have anything special about it. I just want to have that. And that's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. One of the greatest shames of my life, one of the greatest shames of my life is that my mother and father are from Scotland and and emigrated to Canada 
uh, just before I was born. And uh, so there's like a reputation of like, you know, good beer drinking culture in, in Scotland. And uh, and now the, all they drink is Molson Canadian. And it's like, okay, it makes, <laughs> it makes them happy. But it's it's to the point now where I go in, if I go to pick up beer for my folks, because they're getting up there, and I go in to pick up beer for my folks at the beer store, and the woman behind the counter goes, it's not for you, is it? And I'm like, no, it's not for me. I'm not buying 24 <laughs> tall cans of Balsam Canadian. Um, but I think there's that idea of that perfunctory role of beer, as opposed to like when I, I will sort of force my parents to come out and sometimes in, like prior, you know, pre-pandemic and hopefully again post-pandemic, um, we'll go somewhere and I'll be like, you know, I took them when I was filming in Vancouver, I, I would drove them, I brought them out for uh, the trip and they stayed in this uh, apartment thing with me. And um, we drove up to Whistler and I was like, you're not going to have a Molson Canadian sitting at the bottom of Blackcomb Mountain. You're going to have a Whistler whatever or whatever. You're going to have one of these local right. beers. And of course they enjoy them. I mean, they, they totally enjoy them, but they sort of feel like, oh, I don't know if I want to roll the dice. And it's like, if you don't like it, you just, that's the great thing about most craft beers is when you go somewhere, you're like, if you buy a can of beer, it's three bucks and you're like, whatever, I'll survive. If I hate it, whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you go to a pub, it's like, I'm going to try a taster of it. That's one of the secrets that people need to know. They need to know this, Rob. They need to know that they can go into a craft beer purveyor, like a pub that there's a great pub here called Mercer Hall uh, that just only sells craft beers. And no uh, big macro breweries on tap. And um, you can try anything. You can bask in Robbins the hell out of that place and get yourself a good couple of pints for nothing. I let you know, I'll try the porter. No. Uh, let me try the, and you just keep doing that. That's the exciting part about it, I think. Right. And, and, and a lot of people, yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think a lot of people understand that you can go into a place like that, that, that serves nothing but craft beer, or you can go directly to a, to a tasting room that's mm -hmm. attached to a brewery and you can say, Hey, can I have a taste of this? I'm not sure if that's something I'm going to like. And they will gladly give you, you know, most, most beer, most breweries will give you a two to three ounces here, try this and see if sure. you like it. Or, yeah. or if you're not sure you can do it, you know, you can do a flight. So they've got the little yes. four ounce glasses yeah. and you can do like three or four, three or four glasses on a flight. And then you're like, eh, I don't like that. Eh. And and you're not out a lot. You're out, you know, no. the, the cost of a flight's like five or six bucks and you yeah. get to try like four beers. So. Yeah, exactly. Plus then you have that experience, right? You have that. I mean, it's, I always think of uh, anything you're, anything I'm, I'm doing in life is like a chance to, to tell a better story about it later. Like a, I can trump up this story. I won't use the word Trump as a terrible word to use. I will uh, boost up the, uh, <laughs> boost up the uh, story later. Um, but that idea of like, it's, it's, it's fun to have a flight of beers and go and try something and go, I don't like that. I mean, knowing that is amazing. Knowing that as opposed to being like, I'm, you know, it's like, I've never had this beer before and then stopping there and going, well, wait a minute, I could try it. And then you try it and you go, I like it. Or you try it and you go, I don't like it. And now I know that. And now I can move on. And now I'm a little bit richer for doing that experience. You know, I think that's super right, important. Right. And why wouldn't it is? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, life's too short to not be a little bit adventurous, and 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 if 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 the the limit of your adventure is trying a different beer, hey, great, you you you've stepped outside your comfort zone. That's right. It's a, it's a gateway adventure, though. That's what it is. It gets you into the mood of like, okay, what else should I try to sort of you know check out that I've been too scared to try out before? Don't do anything stupid, obviously. Um, but it reminds me of uh, the a good example of trying a beer that was terrible, um, and that was a craft beer. We had, we were doing a thing for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, which involved a family road trip. And I mean a family road trip, meaning myself, my wife, my two sons, and my mom and my dad, all in one car and driving to Cleveland, Ohio. 
and then driving back from Cleveland after we did the Rock and Roll thing, which was amazing. Cleveland's one of my favorite spots. Um, and we were driving back. We're like, let's stop for lunch. So we stopped in Sandusky, Ohio. I don't know if you've ever been to Sandusky, Ohio, but I have. You, know, you don't <laughs> don't just you don't need to. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> the uh, the people we stopped at this bar, <clears throat> which is essentially downtown, and Sandusky's been obviously beaten up in the economy and and whatever. Like it's part of the Rust Belt, and it's and it's definitely rusting. Um, but the people were lovely. They were so nice, and it was really really nice. And and uh, we went into this bar. And uh, there was these three guys at the bar and they're being incredibly loud, like just super loud. They're maybe like, I'm going to say like mid thirties roughly, but really, really loud. And uh, we're just kind of like, we're a family eating, <laughs> eating our lunch, right? And we're ready to order. And we're all kind of cheery chipper face because we're on holiday essentially. And these guys look really rough. And one of them's mentioning about how he's, he missed his parole officer yesterday. And it's like, there's, there's obviously, these are like dangerous dudes. So they hear that they hear us talking and they realize that they've got, first of all, my parents talk because they've got the Scottish accent happening. Then they've got these, this Canadian family. And so they turn around and go, where are you guys from? So we start chatting and that's fine. And they're like, uh, you were trying to decide what, what kind of beer you want. You should get this kind of beer. It's a, it's a jalapeno, uh, pepper beer. And I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking this guy's going to shoot me. If I say no, he's obviously going to kill us all. <laughs> if I say no, I'm not drinking your stupid jalapeno beer. Uh, but then I was like, yeah, absolutely, sir. Whatever, whatever you say, that sounds great. And I tried it and I choked that thing down, but it was possibly the worst beer I've ever had in my life. And it was really, really terrible. <laughs> and for that reason, and now the fact that I told that story in public, that guy's obviously going to kill me if I go back to Sandusky. So I can't go back to Sandusky ever again. Well, I guess you're lucky that the border's still closed right now. You can't go to Sandusky and he can't come here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, back to our back to our, the, our beers at hand. All right. So, when when I taste this one, I get I get um it's got obviously it's going to be heavy in the malts because the style of beer it is, but it's got a really nice um toasty nut flavor to it uh, a little bit little bit earthy um and then you get just just a hint of of the uh, the, the 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 toasted and roasted malts in it so just a little bit of that coffee um flavor to it not a whole lot it's just a tiny little hint on the back end of it it's really nice this is um it's got a nice medium body to it so you know you it's not like drinking just a glass of water but it's also not like uh, drinking an imperial stout where, you, where it leaves a film in your mouth it's uh it's it's I don't know it's it's kind of it's it, it's it's kind of hard to describe. It's a bit ephemeral, but not not uh, so ephemeral that uh, you don't know that you had something to drink. <laughs> I like uh, I like uh, the description of beers. First of all, it could be interchanged with with description of me. If you're describing me, you could say all those same things as well. Little toasted nutty that type of thing. Uh, heavy on the malt. bit earthy, <laughs> bit earthy taste of coffee in the back. A little bit, a little bit. Um, hey, hey, I, I don't want to know about what, what things taste like in the back, man. <laughs> so we're trying to give you the full experience here. It reminded me of uh, uh, a friend of mine who's uh, went through chef school and uh, went through a sommelier course. And the sommelier would like, and, would, and I, I won't say all the things they said, but they would ask them to describe different wines. It's, it's like describing taste is really hard because you, you default to like, oh, it's peppery. Oh, it's got a bit of apple or it's got a bit of like You try to find those things that are kind of relatable. And this sommelier was like, no, don't use any of those. Don't use any other foods to describe this taste. Like, use <laughs> other words. So he he learned the best way to do is like, oh, 
Oh, it tastes, you know, long legs. Um, mm, yeah, and this is probably, uh, you know, uh, deep brown eyes. And, mm, and you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. It sounds fantastic. So that's kind of how I feel about this. So, <laughs> mm, Tastes like burning tires and burning rotten thing. compost. Exactly. <laughs> you know when you pay your credit card bill late, that's what it tastes like. It tastes like that. Well, it's funny because it's oh, that. That that's a terrible that's a terrible, that's a terrible taste. Exactly. It's like oh it's bitter. It's so, bitter. It's like it's it's quenching your thirst, but it's too late is what it's like. So so funny thing, I was talking uh, I mean, you you and I have talked a few times on Twitter and, and you know that uh, I run with a bunch of guys who talk about beer and you mm. inevitably I, I misclick and you get included in beer beer related tweets and, and uh <laughs> <laughs> because for some reason it like sandwiches you right in between all my beer friends when oh, I'm listen, trying to I'll select people. I'll take the tags. I'll yeah. take all the attention I can get. It's all good. <laughs> but uh, I was talking to a few, a few of a uh, few of my friends on Twitter and a couple of the people I've had on the show. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I've actually got brittle star coming on the show. And they're like, he likes beer. I'm like, <laughs> really? I'm That's like, what so do you weird. mean he likes beer? <laughs> what does that mean? Like, like <laughs> uh, apparently they think you're uh, you, you're above beer. Maybe maybe you're just a maybe you're just wow. a scotch and cigar guy, kind of like wow. uh, kind of like one of the guys from Mad Men. You know, <laughs> I didn't realize I projected this uh, you know super classy uh, you know above all men. I mean that's what I'm thinking. That's how I think of myself. Hey. But still, I didn't realize it was coming through so well. That's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. Really so hey, I sort of yeah. Feel so. Like I, I, I feel like that's. Yeah. I feel like it's an easy match for you to look at. Look at my face and go. He obviously drinks beer. He obviously. <laughs> obviously. Well, you know, my my first reaction was like, well, he he is Canadian. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to Canadian with Scottish background. I don't have a choice. I have to. right. I, yeah. I mean, if 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 you don't have if you don't have a Molson or a Wee Heavy hanging around your house, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Too right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, you know, no, 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 feel, feel free. Um, normally I ask, I ask people who are, who are on, uh, if they have any favorite breweries that uh, produce this style of beer. Um, yeah, now, I, mean, I don't I know do. if you do or not. Uh, no, I do. I so, do. Actually. So, I had, I had, had one, uh, recently, which was, uh, there's a brewery here in town called black swan brewing and, uh, they do a Russian stout stout. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, Russian, Russian, Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah, and it is uh, kind of like being hit with a wet boxing glove, but in like the most <laughs> sexy way possible. Is what it is. That's kind of <laughs> that's how yeah, I Imperial Stouts. Taste. When people ask me how I like my beers, I say I like a beer that punches me in the mouth. Yeah, um, well, that's what and, they and, do, and that. And, and that's why I tend to stick with like uh, my in my wheelhouse normally for drinking beers is uh, imperial beer. So I like the stuff that's nine, ten, eleven, right. twelve percent alcohol. So I want something that 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 I can go to a party and I can show up with a bottle of beer and go, "Here's my beer for the night." That's my beer. As opposed to the guy who shows <laughs> yeah. up, <laughs> yeah. As opposed to the guy who shows up with like a thirty pack of Corona. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I got to get through fifteen of these before I feel it. <laughs> right, I'm like, yeah, I can get through half of this, and I'm 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 feeling great. <laughs> exactly, and I'll be lucky if I have pants on. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I tell you, tell you one to look for. Um, there's a brewery out of the Toronto area called Man Antler. And okay. They make a they make a a porter that's a root beer porter. It's called oh. the, the the root of all evil. And okay. It's it, it's super interesting. Um, it took me about four of them before I decided if I actually liked it or not. Um, because because the flavor profile is just so different from a standard porter. It's got right. it's got that 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 kind of sarsaparilla and and uh, star anise thing going on yeah. in it, like root beer does. But it's also got that chocolate and that that kind of earthy roastiness mm. that you get from a porter. So it, it was kind of a weird amalgamation that took me a while to decide if I liked it. And then in the end, I decided, yeah, you know, I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, uh, Another one, another one that uh, that I used to love, and I don't think they make it anymore. Is Nickelbrook used to make a maple porter? Um, it was actually mm. one of the first first beers I had when I moved to Canada. Uh, right. I came up came up and discovered Nickelbrook, and they had yeah. it, and it was absolutely fantastic. But uh, like I, think, I said, I don't think they make it anymore. I think Canadians make anyone who just moves here try something with maple in it. I think you have to. I think just it's well. You know. you, well so here, here's a funny thing is. Uh, my wife and my sister-in-law and I were talking about this. I actually like maple more than either one of them. <laughs> right? Are we sure they're Canadian? Hey, they were born. They were born here. So, <laughs> system fails sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I am from I am from Illinois, and you know, as you know, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Minnesota are kind of like uh, Canada light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think especially as soon as you make the uh, with Illinois, as soon as you do the uh, like the. Dan Aykroyd, and if you do uh, the Second City people, and then you do like Wayne's World. I mean, you know, Wayne's World with with uh, God, what's Wayne's what's the character's last name? I can't remember his name, last name. It doesn't matter. But Wayne from Wayne's World, you know, started as a Toronto character, and nothing changed, and he just seamlessly moved to Chicago or to to Illinois. Right, and uh, it's like yeah, it <laughs> right. to, to Aurora. <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting is I do I do uh, voiceovers as well. And uh, I do. I've done like a huge run of uh, Chicagoland uh, voiceovers because I don't have to affect my pronunciation at all. I just sound like I'm. I'm I fit in. I'm a well-spoken right. Chicagoan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, uh, listening to you, you know, um, normally, normally, like with with my wife and my sister-in-law and a lot of my friends that I've met up here, I can I can hear a slight difference between. Um, the accent that that they have and and what my friends from from uh, Illinois have right uh, but but you know you and and a few other people have met um that I, I can't pick it up. Uh, really? What's funny is people, yeah. And what's funny is people often have trouble determining my accent because I lived it all over the United States. I lived yeah. in the South. I lived in the West. I lived on the East right. Coast. I lived, you know. So my accent's kind of muddled. But but uh, there are certain words like I've got a friend uh, who's a brewer over at uh, Schooner Street Brewing in. Uh, in Waterloo, right. and uh, he's for, he's from the Chicago area originally, and he's like he can he he says every time you say my name, I feel like I'm back in Chicago because <laughs> of the way I say Scott, <laughs> Scott, Scott, yeah, Scott. it's that, it's got that it's got, ah in it, yeah, yeah. Scott. It's the, that's the uh, when I started doing voiceovers uh, in in like a, I guess coming up in ten years ago, um, <clears throat> the big things of course were like about out and uh, house and roof, and it's like no, it's, it's roof. And house, and, and sorry, of course. If sorry is the biggest sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, 
Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. That my my wife and I have had that discussion many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like say you're sorry. Because she like, says sorry. sorry. Like, no, say sorry. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's exactly how the conversation goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. I love accents. So it's funny because my mother and father having they moved here in '68 and uh, they now have. My mom and dad still have an accent, like definitely have the Scottish accent. They're both Glaswegian based, essentially. And um, so they've got that real Scottish uh, Glaswegian <clears throat> core to when they talk. And uh, it's like if they have a couple beers in them, especially, it's kind of like, you know, they're talking a lot. And just, they don't really move their lips or their teeth a lot. You just sort of talk, you know, it's just the minimum amount of movement you can get away with your voice. And that's all. If you can convey your message without actually moving your face, then you've done it. Um, and that's kind of their accent. Whereas my mom has this way. My mom worked for us actually in our, in our business prior to me doing the stuff I'm doing now. And she would answer the phones and she has a phone voice, right? Like she's, you know, she's talking to us normally. And she's like, Oh, well, you know, I just went down to the grocery store and I did this and it was fine. And it was great. And blah, had a good day and blah, blah, blah. And, blah, and the phone rings. Like, oh, I just one second. Hello, Echo Arts. How can I help you? And she's, you know, she's very like sort of <laughs> properly pronounced. And she's like, she puts on this weird sort of transatlantic, you know, accent it's fascinating I love it. so good <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> i once got oh, hired sorry, i was just gonna tell you one more story just i was I, no just no accent. <laughs> I, just you put me in front of a microphone i can just tell stories about me over and over again um hey that, that that's fine because you have a lot more followers than i do and it'll drive up my views <laughs> perfect <laughs> I worked uh, when I lived in Glasgow or lived in Helensburg, worked in Glasgow in Scotland. I uh, uh, was the only Canadian in the uh, in the office and I worked for Virgin Records in one of their mega stores, like a, like a four story building right downtown Glasgow in the, right. days of the burgeoning days of the music industry. People were buying CDs still. And uh, this store was massive and would sell like a million pounds on a Saturday. Like It was crazy amounts of trade they would do. But my job was a buyer. And so I had an office downstairs and uh, what happens is the phone would ring and it would go from like if someone would call the office, it would go through all the offices and no one picked up in the managers that go to the assistant manager. No one picked up there, go to the next person, next person, next person. <laughs> then it would wind its way down to me. So if no one had picked up the phone, <laughs> my phone would ring. So I'd pick up the phone and uh, I would say, you know, good afternoon, Virgin Megastore, Gall Street, Glasgow, how can I help you? And... Uh, I did this enough because usually what happens is the guy on the other end of the, of the phone is like, Dear FIFA 96, pal, big man, you got FIFA 96, FIFA 96, the video game at the time. And, um, right. And, uh, but I did it enough when the head office called from London, that head office then went to my manager and said, can you get Stuart to do a, uh, a telephone answering seminar for the rest of the employees? And if you ever want to be hated <laughs> fast by people in Glasgow, try to teach them how to answer the phone, you know? So I'm standing here going, okay, well, this is uh, the phone. So the phone rings. Is everyone watching? When the phone rings, just pick it up. Say good morning or afternoon, depending on what it is. Good morning, Virgin Megastore, Gal Street, uh, Glasgow. How can I help you? Uh, how can I direct your call? And just like the daggers, people just like shooting daggers at just like, I want you dead. I'm going to stab you. Right back. A lot of stabbing. You son of Glasgow. a bitch. Exactly. A lot of stabbing in Glasgow. I've actually never been to Glasgow. Um, I've been to Edinburgh. Uh, I was in Edinburgh two years ago uh, for the uh, the half marathon out there. Amazing. Um, 
Yeah, uh, we uh, and we made we made a vacation of it. So we went to Edinburgh for the the half marathon. Then we did a, a jaunt over to uh, Ireland for a few days, wow. and we went to London, England for a few days. Yeah, fantastic. So. I mean, I love all those places. It's uh, what's really interesting about Glasgow and Edinburgh is that Edinburgh and Glasgow are a forty five minute train ride away, but people don't cross. Oh, well, uh, east coast, west coast. Nope. Why would I ever go to Edinburgh? Why would I ever go to Glasgow? It's just weird, right? <laughs> yeah, I was talking. I was talking to uh, one of my friends who who's from London, but he goes all over, and he's like, "Yeah, it's amazing." You know, they're like, "Oh yeah, you know these these friends of ours. They live 30, 30 minutes away, but we don't ever drive there." <laughs> I know. It's like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't ever go? Yeah, it's like a trip to the mall. <laughs> it's nothing. You know, it's crazy. I'm like. I was like, I once hopped in my truck at two o'clock in the morning and drove sixteen hours to visit a friend in Denver, Colorado, from <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> exactly, but it's such a different culture in Britain. I think, I mean, they live on a tiny island, right? So I think that's probably a big part of it. But when we lived there, we went down to see my sister, younger sister. Uh, she's younger by eight years, and she was doing this like last year school school trip thing where school came over and played uh, concerts in uh, England. And so she was like a, in Harrogate, so she's like a four-hour drive away. And the, I told the people I worked with, we were driving down for the weekend to Harrogate and they thought I was insane. They were like, how far away is it? It was like four hours, four hours. It's like, yeah, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> we'll stop to pee once. Maybe that's it. We'll be fine. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, it always amazes me. I mean, we're, we're so, we're so accustomed to driving because of the, I mean, mm. I'm from the United States and Canada's not any smaller. So, no. and the things are so far apart. It's like, you know, I've got friends that live on the West coast and I drove one time from, from Rockford, Illinois to uh, San Francisco to visit a friend. You know, it's Crazy. like, it's, it, it was a four day trip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I drove four days. Big who deal. Cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I know. I stayed I, for a week and I drove back. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just a totally different mindset. And they can travel that way, which is, what's also interesting though, of course, because you know, my sister-in-law and her husband and their daughter, they will think nothing of going to Sweden, going to France, going to, you know, Denmark, going to Germany, uh, for a weekend, which is, seems like ridiculously exotic to us. But then if you say, oh, we're going to drive up, you know, if they, like the thought of them driving from London where they live to Glasgow, which is like an eight hour drive. They'd be like, oh, God, no, we could never do that. We would never. Drive <laughs> right. <eight hours. laughs> bizarre. I don't get it. Yeah, it, it, it is pretty funny. <laughs> Glasgow's great, um, though. If you ever get a chance to go back to Glasgow, go to Glasgow. It's it's uh, yeah, it's a very different city from Edinburgh um, as much history, but very like. It's, it is remarkable, the difference in culture between West Coast and East Coast uh, Scottish. Very, very different. If you ever go to Glasgow, and this is a tip for anyone watching as well, if you ever go to Glasgow, know this, that en masse, Glaswegians will kill you. But as soon as you touch one of them and say, how are you? I'm so-and-so. They will be your best friend for life. That is like the guaranteed way to do it. Well, unless you get stabbed, but you probably won't get stabbed. Uh, but if you're, <laughs> it, literally, I learned that when my, my dad's friend came over, uh, he's not, but sort of quasi-uncle, came over when I first moved there, took me out for lunch. We're walking across the pedestrian street in Glasgow and it was like thousands of people all pushing and shoving and ugh, it was really horrible. And he would just touch every person on the shoulder and say, excuse me, Hen, excuse me, Hen. Sorry, Hen, how you doing? Good to see you. And everyone would be like, oh, absolutely, you're right here. And they would like make way and like sort of parting of the Red Sea for him. And uh, I remember using that tactic in the Horseshoe, Horseshoe Bar in Glasgow as well on, on Drury Lane, literally. And uh, 
there was these guys being really rough and bumping against us beside us at the bar. And I said, Hey, I, how you doing? I'm, I'm Stuart. I'm from Canada. Nice to meet you, man. And he's like, Oh, oh sorry, man. We bumping into you. Sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry. And they were like the nicest guys after that. So that's my tip on mass. <laughs> Scottish Glaswegians will kill you individually, break them down into individuals. And they're the nicest people ever. That, that that's a good travel tip. <laughs> yeah, we uh we we want to get back to Scotland. We we actually we really enjoyed our time when we were there. We were there for uh, a week, so it wasn't a whole Amazing. lot of time. Uh, but uh, you know, we want to get back there, and we'd like to go back to Ireland because when we were in Ireland, we were only there for like uh, I think three days, and we didn't really get outside of Dublin. So we we'd right. like to explore that a little bit more. Yeah, but, no, I'd love to. I've been to Ireland apart from once at an airport. At 7 a.m. and I had a pint of Guinness because I was in Ireland. I was like, I don't care. He served me a Guinness. He's like, sure, great. So it was 7 a.m. for like half an hour. And I was there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Um. So th- we're we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, this is the part where I like to uh, give a shout out uh, to uh, a brewery that that I think does this style really well. Uh, you're welcome to give a shout out to a brewery that you like, or a shout out to anything you 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 really want because you know I don't really care. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just that easy going so Fantastic. i'd like i'd like uh i'd like uh to give a shout out to muddy york brewing from toronto uh they, and that's how you can tell i'm not canadian i say toronto toronto exactly <laughs> it's toronto yeah, i toronto. don't say i don't say tor- toronto or or toronto <laughs> toronto <laughs> Uh, Muddy, Muddy York Brewing in Toronto does a fantastic job with uh, with all of their beers. Uh, but if you're looking for a porter, they make a great one that's literally just called Muddy York Porter. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, no, I mean, the, well, props to Mill Street for making this. Again, it's fantastic. I've got another one in the fridge, so I'll be enjoying that one in a moment. Um, but uh, that, and of course, uh, you know, I'm just so thankful that living in this tiny town of 32,000 people where we live in Stratford, there's like... Black Swan Brewing, there's Mercer, there's Bray House, there's MVP, there's Stratford Brewing Company, there's Job Site. Like, there's a ton of breweries, and they're all churning out great stuff, which is fantastic. And with the pandemic, you get door delivery. I mean, how can you not like that? Right. You know, that of of all the things that have happened because of the pandemic, um, the, the door, the, the door oh service, God. basically... Has yeah. been absolutely fantastic. Like, you know, normally in non-pandemic times, my wife and I, we drive in the summertime. We drive all sure. over hell and creation going yeah. to different breweries. Yeah. We, ha- we haven't been able to. But it's nice that, you know, it's like I was able to get stuff from uh, Full Beard Brewing in Timmins Amazing. delivered to my house. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Amazing. Phenomenal. I love it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I love it. I love the idea that I can, you know, I can you know, go online and go to a craft brewery's website and just order a beer and it just shows up on my front porch. How cool is that? That's amazing. Yeah. Now, now I've said this before and we've talked about this before when this pandemic stuff's all over, I expect you and I to get together. Uh, Obviously. We, we, I mean, not, not just you and I, maybe just bring the wives along as well and we can <laughs> go to someplace and, and uh, drink some beers and, and have, have a good time. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. No, it's funny because there's like a, there's like a growing list of people. I'm like, yeah, well, we'll definitely do a beer. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a beer. We'll do it. It'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, after this pandemic sort of we kind of come out of our shells and our, out of our cocoon and and right. uh, ease ourselves back into regular life. And it's like, I think people will have to they'll be working hard to catch up for lost time, you know? Yeah, well, you know, what's funny is uh, we've been we, we bought this house two years ago. Um, and we did some renovation to it and like, all right, you know, in this spring, we're going to have people over, we're going to have a big barbecue. We're going to have all sorts of fun. And then the pandemic hit and it's, 
we're at we're on year two of not being able to have this big party to celebrate that we got this house. <laughs> it's gonna be the, the party's just getting bigger and bigger, and the longer you wait. Oh yeah, well, and I keep telling people, I'm just gonna keep brewing beer, and when people show up, we're just gonna drink. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, I would like to thank uh, thank thank Stuart for being on the show. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. I'd like to thank anybody who's watching this video. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe. If you want to be notified when there's a new episode available, click the little bell. Um, please feel free to leave comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for a beer style that you'd like to have discussed on the show uh or if you're interested in even being on the show and talking about craft beer i'm open to that as well so leave that leave that uh stuff in the comments below uh other than that you know until next time cheers <laughs> I, I, i'm out <laughs> I, can, I can wait i don't know if i can pour i don't know if you're on that side of the screen or not i can maybe pour it yeah oh, oh, wait 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 uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> this show would get really good after five beers, I think. It would get really, really good after five beers. Yeah, well, you, you, you know, you're always welcome to come back for a five-beer beer-a-thon. <laughs> I should have pre, pre-gamed. That's what I should have done. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, Stuart. Thank you very much for having me.